Dear friends, grace and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, born into the world, into the flesh, into the sin and troubles of the world in order to save and redeem those whom he chooses, those who hear the good news of salvation that comes from God. Amen. Well, it's the second day of Christmas. I hope you're not all celebrated out just yet. There's 10 more days to come. Just as we're starting to wind down all of the Christmas celebrations, the Christmas season is just beginning. You shouldn't have eaten too much. You shouldn't have celebrated too much because there's 10 more days of everything you need to do, which means good news for you. Whatever you've missed, you still can get to it. That is, if you haven't eaten the fruitcake, you can eat that still. If you haven't gotten a nap in or a phone call to your family, you can still get those in. If you haven't watched all of the holiday specials, those are right there. They might disappear from the Hallmark Channel, but you can find them on YouTube or on Netflix. They'll be there for a little while. And that includes all of your favorite holiday movies as well. Things like, well, this one's controversial, Die Hard. <laughs> or uh, Christmas with the, uh, with the Griswolds, of course, is a favorite. But the one that really concerns us today is uh, Kevin McAllister being home alone. Because they stole that right out of our reading for today, don't you know? A family planning a long trip with lots of preparations to go far away to celebrate a festival and missing one of their members. Well, Kevin himself thought this was the greatest thing in the world at the start, right? Being left to his own devices, nobody telling him what to do any longer. He got to be the king of his castle. No other voices, no other siblings, no parents, no cousins, no uncles, nobody in the world speaking into his ear, only his own voice, only everything that he wanted from here on out. Pizza, popcorn, candy, movies, all of it. Stay up as late as you want. It's a child's dream. But adults know that's not actually a dream, is it? To have everything on your shoulders, to have to make every decision, to have to care for every single care of the world. It's hard even to watch over children, to spend your life watching over them, caring for them, making sure that they're raised properly, that they're protected and taught. It's a lot of work. Of course, when Kevin's mother realizes that Kevin's been left home, she's across the Atlantic in France, and she can't get a flight back, though she desperately wants to. Mary and Joseph had gone a day's journey thinking that Jesus was right there with them. And they start to realize that something's not right. Not only has Jesus disappeared and they can't find him, but also, maybe, just maybe, people like us start to read this and know the story and start to say, what kind of awful parents are these? Like the McAllisters, how do you forget a kid? How do you do that? So Mary and Joseph head back to Jerusalem, doing their parently duties, trying to find their child, 
to care for him, make sure that he's safe. Their minds racing, what could have happened? Where could he be? Parents know this quite well. Always thinking about the safety and care of those in your protection. Sometimes, just like children, I think parents would also like to take a break from this every once in a while and not have any of the cares of the world infecting their mind, invading their space. Just to have a moment where you close the door and say, quiet, quiet, quiet. I put on headphones in the house sometimes just so I don't have to hear things. They find Jesus in the temple asking questions with the rabbis and the teachers of the age. He's not just saying, what do you think about this? But he's arguing with them there in the temple. Because, of course, the rabbis have so much to share and so many arguments to have. Uh, You know there's always more to learn about what God is doing and up to in the world. There's always gray areas that have to be discussed. There's always clarification that has to be made. You walk into any theological library, and it's not just a Bible. It's books of teachers forever and ever talking about what is actually in there. And here comes Jesus into the temple, into the lives of these rabbis to interrogate them, to put the questions back to them. What do you think this means? What do you think God is doing in these scriptures? What do you think God is about? Because, of course, the teachers are always arguing over how we might keep the law, what the law means for our daily living how God has given us the law as this great gift, and if only we would keep it, our lives would be easy and kind. We would just be really good parents. We would be really good children. We would be really good workers if only we could keep the law. And so if we know it, we know what we need to do. But Jesus knows something that they don't, even as a boy at 12 that the law was never given for you to keep. It was given, not for you to fight over who's doing it better. It was never given to make you perfectly righteous by doing it all just perfectly. It was given, yes, to keep you safe, to let you know of your neighbor's need, but also to point out that you don't want to listen to God at all. You don't want God's law impinging on your life, just like you don't want your parents or your children impinging on your life. You want to hear only your own voice in your head most of the time so you can do what you want. You can be king of your castle, ruler of your own domain. And here Jesus is arguing with the rabbis, telling them, no, 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 no. The good news is this, that the righteousness of God comes not through the law, but through the Messiah, the Savior of the world. These are hard things both for rabbis and for us to hear. To hear that the only voice that we need to hear is not our own or our parents, but the kind, gracious word that comes from God himself. That word that comes beyond the law, out of nowhere. Not by what you've done or what you deserved, but simply out of God's grace and goodness and deep love for you. You are my beloved child. Your sin is all forgiven. 
The kingdom of God is wrapped up with a bow and handed over to you. It doesn't mean that there aren't other voices, of course. And as Jesus is there in the temple interrogating and arguing with the rabbis, his mother and father arrive there in his feet and say, why did you act like this way to us? You scared us. You frightened us. We were worried for you. It's important that we hear these voices too. But Jesus turns to them and says, why? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? And it's that must word that really, really strikes at us, right? Because what does he mean by that? That somehow from the beginning of creation, he was scheduled to be there that day, that he just must be there? Or is it somehow that uh, they should have expected that he would have been there? That they should have walked right over to that, that one spot to know it? Or is it simply that he must be there in order to Give this gracious word to the world, to those who are stuck within the arguments and fights and worries and anxieties of the world. Those who are always saying, it's on us, it's on us, to say, no, no, God's grace has come to you. Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? starts to say to us, it's not about what we should do or ought to do, what we need to do for one another, but rather that what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, coming into the world, is to give us a word beyond our own conscience, beyond even the needs of our neighbors, even as we listen to ourselves and those around us, even our parents, even adults have parents that we need to listen to. But that their word finally isn't the last and only thing around us. We don't have thousands of competing voices always telling us what we should or should not be doing. But rather we have the voices of our neighbors always speaking to us, saying, I'm afraid, I'm worried, my anxiety is high, so that we would have this word from God to give us peace. You are chosen. God has arrived. The Son has been born into the world. The Savior is here. You now have another word from God. A word not of what you must or should do, but a word of grace that God has given in Jesus Christ. He went down to Nazareth and was obedient to his parents, meaning he listened to their needs. He put himself back under the law in order to redeem those from the law so that he could speak a word of grace into those under the law, in the world. So, as you go out into the world this Christmas Day to celebrate the birth of Christ, be attentive and listen to the needs of your neighbors. Obey your parents and even your children as they express their needs to you. Look around and hear all that's going on, but know that that is not your righteousness, that is not your life. For the life of Christ has been given to you. The Savior's birth has come for us. God's word in the flesh now speaks the only voice we need to hear 
And he says, you are beloved. God has done all this for you. Amen.